Welcome, TBA. How are y'all today? That good, huh? <laughs> well, my name is Dave Shive, and I'm one of our pastors here on our pastor team. I'm glad you've chosen to come out and worship with us on this Labor Day weekend. I don't know about you, but Labor Day is the, the Labor Day weekend is a big deal in my household. Not because we celebrate the social and economic achievements of American workers, which is what Labor Day was founded upon, but because it's the kickoff to the college football season, right? How many are excited about that? <laughs> finally, finally, there's something worth watching on TV on Saturday. There were some crazy games yesterday, were they not? Crazy games. And tomorrow is a big game, right, for all you FSU fans? How many of you are FSU fans? <clears throat> First game of the season, I love it. First game of the season, and FSU is playing Ole Miss. A game that can have a major impact on winning the national championship. First game of the season. That's what I love about college football. It's the picture, it's this picture of people coming together, unifying for a single purpose, sacrificing for each other to obtain that purpose. Each person has a part to play and they play their part. And that's what separates average teams from great teams. Jeff Jansen, who's considered the world's top expert on sports leadership, He's the president of Jansen Sports Leadership Center. He says, this is what it takes to make a championship team. He says, championship teams are comprised of several individuals who willingly take pride in playing a variety of roles. These roles, when played in concert and harmony, lead to team success. Thus, each player is assigned specific positions and responsibilities that help determine the entire team's success. While individually they are not solely responsible for the team's success or failure, collectively each role forms a synergistic whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. The major difficulties in developing complementary roles is that some roles get more attention and praise, thereby making them seem more important. Championship teams, however, realize that all roles are critical to the overall team's success and they willingly accept and value their individual roles. See, I love when you see God's principles working out in the world. It's one of those really cool things I like about God, that he set these universal principles in place that no matter who utilizes them, they work. Both believers and unbelievers benefit from these universal principles. And this is a principle that Paul talked about over 2,000 years ago when he wrote his letter to the church in Corinth. He was writing to them about how the church body is set up and how the church body should behave. And here's what he said, and this is in Corinthians. He said, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that not make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact... Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. 
And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. Kind of sounds like what Jeff Jansen was saying, doesn't it? And I really think it's a good analogy. A, good analogy. a football team's success is dependent upon each person playing their, their part to the best of their ability. And each role is just as important as every other role. And each position is dependent upon every other position. See, a team can't win, a football team can't win if the secondary decides not to take the field. They can't win if the offensive line decides not to block. They can't accomplish their mission unless each person on the team is involved and is playing their role. The exact same thing can be said of the church. And that's what we're going to be talking about today as we continue in this series called Body Life. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about the things this church, the body of Christ, needs to do in order to accomplish the mission that Christ, who is our head coach, has given us. And today we're going to be talking about those roles or positions, to put it into football terms, that God has given each of us to play. Because each of us have been gifted by the Holy Spirit. And those gifts are meant to be used to accomplish the mission of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to this community and to the world around us. See, that's our national championship. That's our national championship, bringing others to a faith-saving knowledge of who Jesus is. Now, we could spend weeks, and I literally mean weeks, talking about all the many different gifts of the Holy Spirit. But, and then Paul talks about those different gifts. He talks about them in Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians, and here's a list of them. And then you have the same list in your insert. And we could talk weeks about them, but we just don't have time to go into each gift and describe what they are and how they're to be used. Nor do we have time to go in depth in each one of these passages. So what we're going to do is we're just going to stick with Romans 12, and I'm going to try to give you a good overview of what spiritual gifts are as a whole and what we need to do with them. So if you have a Bible or if you've got a Bible app, go ahead and open up to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start reading in verse 3. And here's what Paul says. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So here's what I want you to know about gifts. Here's the first thing. We've all been gifted. We've all been gifted. Verse 6 said, In His grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And this was a principle that was taught 
throughout all churches in Paul's day. In, in Corinthians, he said a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Peter said God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So Paul, in Paul's time, a new believer was taught not only were they given the gift of eternal life, but they were also equipped with a spiritual gift or gifts. And that believer was taught that it was their responsibility to discover what that gift was and to use that gift. So each of us here have a gift from the Holy Spirit. There are no exceptions to that. See, when we joined the team by accepting Christ, we didn't join just to sit in the stands. We were equipped by the Holy Spirit to play a position on the team. Each of us has something to offer, a role to play. No Christian, no Christian can say, I can't serve God because I don't have skills or abilities. Because gifts aren't just for a few of us, they're for all of us. But see, I see two problems with how we utilize these gifts. The, pro- the first problem is I think that often we are playing out of position. And to put it in football terms, there are some of us that have the talent of a first-string quarterback, but we're playing the position of a water boy on the team. Now don't get me wrong, both positions are needed and are equally important, and we'll get into that in a minute, but the team isn't going to accomplish its goal if the water boy is playing quarterback and the quarterback is playing water boy. There are some of, this, some of us in this church that have leadership abilities, but we're content to be a greeter instead. Some of us have the ability to teach, but instead we're content with just playing an instrument. Some of us have the ability to minister to the poor and destitute, but instead we're content just to help those close to us in this church family. Some of us have the ability to administrate and organize large events or ministries, but instead we're content just to manage a spreadsheet instead. Now don't get me wrong. Please hear what I'm saying and don't get me wrong on this. I am not saying that any of those positions or gifts are any more important than others. They're not. We're the ones who wrongly assign a value system to them. God sees them all the same and equally valuable. The point I'm trying to make is for whatever reason there is, whatever the reason is, whether it's fear, busyness, laziness, whatever it is, some of us are not working in the gifting that God has given us, and we're not working to the potential that could be leveraged for his kingdom. Now that's not to say that we shouldn't sometimes be playing out of position, especially if Christ calls us to it. And I know I sound like I'm contradicting myself, but there are times, there are times when a first-string quarterback needs to sit on the bench as a third-string quarterback to learn humility and to learn to be faithful with the small things before they go out and lead the whole team. So there may be a time when you would be serving in a position that underutilizes your gift, but that has to be done with purpose and with Christ's leading Because ultimately, he's our coach, and he tells us where to go. And there are times when we're called to do things out of great need. And we do those things out of our gifting because the need is that great. But God's the one that directs us in that. We just have to be humble enough to hear his guiding voice. But here's the second and I think bigger problem that we have when it comes to utilizing our gifts. And that's that we just refuse to play the game. We've allowed the things off the field to become a major distraction to us. Things that have nothing to do with the goal of the team to become priorities in our lives. 
And I really just don't know what to say here. And to be honest, it just baffles me. It baffles me as to why people don't get involved. I mean, we've been given this one mission, and each of us, all of us, have a part to play in making it happen. And in light of what Christ sacrificed for us to be on this team, I just don't understand. I don't understand why people continue to allow so many things to take the priority in their life instead of God. It isn't a lack of need. I can tell you that. There are so many places here at TBA alone, so many places that need your talent. Greeters, ushers, cafe, guest services, next steps, children's ministry, youth ministry, small groups, homework club, food pantry, Honduras, discipleship groups, financial counseling, living sent ministries, Operation Christmas Child, prayer team, worship team, tech team, video team, spiritual coaching, caring for the widows, caring for the poor, caring for the needs of people in this church, hospital visitation, meal trains, the list just goes on and on and on and on. We have to start adjusting our lives to God's purposes, not the other way around. And I don't know how more bluntly I can say it. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, and you come here week in and week out, but you're not serving, and you're not playing your position, and you're not using your gifts, why are you here? Why are you here? What are you waiting for? I don't want to sound like I'm pleading here because I don't think pleading will make a difference. But you have to understand that God is doing some amazing things through this church. From Honduras to Highland City, lives are being changed. People are coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Do you realize how awesome that is? How important that is that people are finding eternal life through the work that God does here in this church. And I believe, as well as all the other pastors believe, that God has only started to work. He's only started working through this church. We believe that God has amazing, gigantic plans in store for this church. Plans that can only happen if all of us, and I mean all of us, get involved. Because see, I don't believe that you're here by chance. You may think you're here by chance, that you just randomly showed up or for whatever reason. I don't think it's by chance. I believe God has put you here in this place at this time for a specific reason. Because this team, this, this body of Christ, this family of TBA desperately needs you to jump in and help with the mission that God has given this church. And it won't happen. It won't happen if his people do not say yes. He's equipped us. He's done his part, but we have to be willing to be used by him. So we've all been gifted. The second thing we need to know is that all gifts are powered by the Holy Spirit. When we talk about gifts, we're talking about spirit-powered gifts, not talents. There's a clear difference between gifts and talents. Yes, they're both from God, but only believers have spiritual gifts. Talents are not gifts. 
Everyone has talents, believers as well as unbelievers. And talents are used to benefit people in the natural realm, but spiritual gifts are used to benefit others in the spiritual realm. It's meant to help and benefit others in their relationship towards God. Talents deal more with the surfaces of life. And although they're useful and entertaining, talents don't permanently affect and change people's lives the way that spiritual gifts change people's lives. Now that's not to say that a believer who has a natural talent can't exercise their spiritual gift through the channel of that talent. A believer with a musical talent may also have the spiritual gift of encouragement and can use music to encourage and inspire people to grow closer to the Lord. A person who is a talented organizer may also be a Christian who has the gift of leadership and can oversee Christian activities in a way that grows believers and reaches unbelievers. The main point that I'm trying to make here is that the work of the church is thoroughly supernatural. It's a supernatural work. See, one of the greatest curses on a church is when a church gets its processes down to such a science that it runs on human effort alone. And the problem with that is that people begin to say no to God. They begin to say no to what God's calling them to because they feel like it's outside of their natural talent or their wiring. And see, if we rely on our talent alone, then we're never going to be successful. See, we have to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit in all that we do. And that should give us hope, because when God's asking us to do something that we feel is outside of our talent, well, then we're able to do it. We can't say, well, I can't do that because I don't have that talent. Well, you're right. You don't have that talent. But the Holy Spirit can do it through you, if and only if you say yes. Imagine what would happen if we all said yes and allowed the Holy Spirit to work through us. Gifts are powered by the Holy Spirit. Here's the third thing. Gifts are varied and equally as important. In verse 3, Paul said, Because of the privilege and authority God's given me, I give each of you this warning, and it's a very strong warning. He says, Don't think that you're better than you really are. Don't think that you're better than you really are. We're all one body, meaning that we're all valued equally. God loves each of us equally. God values each of us equally. The same blood that was poured out on the cross was sacrificed equally for each of us. We're one body and we belong to each other. There are no positions on a football team that are more valuable to the team's success than any other positions. See, if you don't have a water boy who keeps a team hydrated, it doesn't matter how talented your team is, they're not going to be successful without proper hydration and they're not going to win games. And the same is true in this church. Being on this stage or leading a ministry is no more important than somebody who comes in and inserts bulletin, inserts, puts inserts in your bulletin. Paul said, in fact, some of the parts that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And that's very, very true. This church would not function if it weren't for the sacrifice of those who serve behind the scenes. There is no job too small. See, we're the ones who wrongly assign a value to the, to the roles that God asks us to play. God doesn't assign that value to him. He's gifted each of us to fulfill a role to serve and bring benefit to the kingdom. So you can't sit there and think, well, I don't really have anything to offer because that's not true. And you can't think, well, my gift isn't that great. It's insignificant because that's not true. That's what the enemy wants you to think. 
Every single one of us is needed. Every single one of us has a role. Every single person has something to offer God's kingdom. Every single one of us. And here's the last thing I want you to know. Gifts are used to accomplish the mission. Jesus came to this earth and he took on bodily form and we call that incarnation. He did that so we would know who God was and what God was like. And often we think incarnation began when Jesus was born and ended when he ascended back to heaven. But the truth is that incarnation was only the beginning when Christ came. The process of incarnation is still going on. See, God's program for reaching and healing a broken world has always involved incarnation. And that work that started with Jesus continues through us. No longer through a single body limited to one geographic location, but through millions of people like you and me all around the world. That's what we mean when we talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus around here. We literally are his hands and feet to the world around us. And the gifts of the Spirit are not used just within this church, but they're meant for us to be able to reach those outside in this world who are in a desperate need of a Savior. See, a football team doesn't just practice to build each other up. That isn't their only purpose. They don't just stay on the practice field. They take what they've learned and they go to their home stadium or to a visiting stadium and they play a real game. And they put everything on the line. Everything they have, they leave on the field, spent with nothing held back. And if everybody on the team does that, if everybody uses everything that God, that God has given them and they follow the leading of their coach, then success is inevitable. They can't help but win. How are you using the gifts that God has given you. See, if you have the gift of teaching, you need to be teaching in your home and your workplace. If you have the gift of helping, are you out in the community bringing help to other people? If you have the gift of wisdom, are you guiding people in times of decision? Are you helping them make the right decisions in their lives? If you have the gift of giving, are your eyes open to the needs that God is putting in front of you And are you taking care of those needs? Are we saying yes to what God asks of all of us? Ben, you guys can come on up. And let me close with this. Jesus loves this world. He loves it. He loves the homeless, the alcoholic, the sexaholics, the prostitutes, the gang members, the drug dealers, the drug users, He loves those who have had great success in life but feel empty on the inside. And he loves those who are are down and out living without hope. He wants to reach all of them and bring them into his loving embrace. And we should love the same way. We should love them the same way. Our mission is to go to them and tell them about a Savior who gave up his life for them. Our job is to use our gifts in order to urge draw and love people into the kingdom of God. That's why God's equipped you and me with gifts. That's why he's filled us with his Holy Spirit. When we drop all the distractions and we adjust our lives to his purposes, when we use the gifts that God's given us, when we're unified as a church body and we sacrifice for each other, 
and we become his hands and his feet and his mouth, and we go out into the world telling his story, doing his work, sharing his love, completing his eternal plan for the redemption of this broken world, when we do all of that, then we are in the championship game of all time. And we become the church Christ has called us to be. And my prayer is that we become that church. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the honor that you have given us to carry out this mission that you've put before us. God, my prayer is is that we would be a church that literally is your hands and feet out in the community. God, that we would be willing to say yes to you in whatever you call us to do. God, that we wouldn't let any distractions get in the way of accomplishing your mission and your goal. God, help us to have love, the love that you have for us for this world, this world that desperately needs you, that desperately needs to find a Savior. Help us to be that salt and light and darkness around us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.